Right. If you'd like a voice that's easy, expressive and human, if you want to deliver your words in a way that really makes your listener feel something, you know, and if you want a clearer voice during hay fever season, cold and flu season and even... Yikes, I've sung too loud at a Bon Jovi concert season. (laughs) Then join me for Mouth to Mic. It's my new online voice training programme that comes with its own private community of voice gigs, just like you. For all the info, head over to bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. That's bit.ly forward slash mouth to mic. Welcome to the Voice Coach Podcast, here for all your speaking voice training and guidance. My name is Nick Redman and I am offering you all sorts of nuggets of wisdom on how to keep your voice in good working order and a true representation of who you are. So if you're a podcaster, presenter, actor, speaker or voiceover artist or a general voice geek, you're in good hands. Shall we get started? So, part two on how to have good vocal health. Now, in the last episode, I chatted a little bit about how we can treat our bodies in order to make sure we're really putting ourselves in a fair position to have a decent voice and not have to worry too much about vocal health issues. So just as a recap, that was making sure you get lots of rest, making sure you put nice stuff in your body as well as the naughty stuff if you need it, and making sure that you stay hydrated. Oh, when there was exercise too, wasn't there? (laughs) That would be the one that I leave off. So in this episode, I'd really like to talk a little bit more about the other side of vocal health. And that is what you do in preparation for using your voice. Because vocal health isn't just about health in the illness sense. It's about the health of your technique when you speak. Now, I hate to break it here myself included, but us humans aren't known for our ability to retain the super duper efficient vocal function we're born with. (laughs) Have you ever met a baby that's lost their voice? No. (laughs) My wee fella certainly hasn't. Jesus, he can make a racket with literally no change to his vocal health at all. And it's not because he's done like an impeccable warm up. Oh no. Or he knows all about vocal health. Oh no. It's because his wee body is untainted by the stresses and the strains that life inflicts on us as we grow. He's got perfect breath support. He's got perfect alignment. He's not all gnarled and tense because he's had a really busy job where he's been sat at a computer forever. He's not spent years with his voice in the world and people telling him to speak up or be quiet or slow down or enunciate or change his accent or any other number of seemingly harmless things we say to people about their voices. Basically, he's got no inhibitions or concerns about what he sounds like. How nice would that be? He just wants to make the noise that gets him the thing that he needs in that moment, which, not going to lie, is usually snacks (laughs) with, with my son. So failing the one in a million occurrence that you have retained your gorgeous toddler-like alignment, lack of inhibition, breath support and vocal freedom... How can we keep an eye on our voice when we're speaking to make sure that we have decent vocal health? Step one, warm-ups. Do one, just do one. Doesn't need to be long. Five to 15 minutes working through the warm-up structure that I outlined in the How to Structure Your Warm-Up app will do. Just remember, if you're new to vocal warm-ups, it needs to involve the whole body as well as the voice. Start with the body, then the breath, then get your voice going. 
Mid-session resets, also really good. So if you've got a long day of speaking or recording, take a few minutes every so often just to check in. How does my voice feel? Can I notice any tension creeping in anywhere in the body? If you can schedule a mini voice rest, which includes a few wee neck stretches, a few lip trills, maybe a yawn or two, a brief vocal nap, if you get the chance, you know, you'll most likely be able to voice for a bit longer. And this comes down to awareness again, you know, be aware of how your voice feels. So if you're recording an audiobook or doing voiceovers all day or loads and loads of podcasts in a row, just make sure you're scheduling five minutes every 90 minutes or so just to give yourself a wee bit of a break. If it's you all day at a conference doing lots of speaking, then just whiz yourself off outside for a breath of fresh air, a bit of a walk around the block and some secret lip trills behind your coffee cup (laughs) or in the loos. The nice thing about some vocal reset exercises is that you can do them quietly. So they're very good for toilet cubicles. So your neck stretches don't have to make a noise unless you're really enjoying them. Oh yeah, that feels good. But maybe do keep that to a minimum because you don't want anyone to call security. Things like yawns as well, like I said, are really good for releasing the constrictor muscles at the back of the pharynx and just resetting the laryngeal position. There's a video on yawns in my YouTube channel, actually, if you want to have an official step-by-step through the yawns, check out Nick's quick voice tips. There's a link to that in the show notes. The point is, don't just push on, push on, push on and get to the end of the day and think, God, my voice hurts. Little mid-session resets are really good for increasing your vocal stamina. Vocal cool down, another thing that you can do and I'll have another ep in detail about vocal cool downs in a future episode for you. (laughs) I can't get through everything in one episode, we've got lives delayed like. The topic of vocal health is huge so I'm going to segment it down into different episodes in detail. But just like an athlete wouldn't just run a marathon and then sit down and have a cup of tea, you shouldn't just stop talking if you've had a really long day of talking. A few exercises like yawns, articulation stretches and actually even reintroducing your voice to its habitual speaking place will really help recovery. If you spend all day in a presentation where you sort of have to speak a little bit higher or in a different place, then you need to remind your voice that actually it exists down here. (laughs) And there are little things you can do to sort of melt back down to your habitual speaking range. I mean, a lovely one is sigh into a little bit of vocal fry. Vocal fry is that very much talked about creaky quality at the ends of phrases. You hear it a lot in celebrities. (laughs) And don't worry, vocal fry itself is not dangerous or damaging to the voice. It's just really inefficient and exhausting if you have a lot of talking to do. So if you are someone who has a bit of fry, and I know I have it every now and again at the ends of phrases if I'm a wee bit tired, don't worry. It's just your voice. (laughs) And if you'd like to work through it, there are things you can do. But again, that's not for right now. Anyway, using it in a cool down situation. If you do a nice sigh into a little bit of creak quality at the end and glide down your vocal range. So something like... "Ah." It's a really nice way of relaxing the vocal folds at the end of a heavy day of talking. And it's especially important if you've been doing something out of your comfort range vocally. You know, you should be cooling down your voice as well as warming up your voice. Or should I say, cooling down your voice as well as warming up your voice. (laughs) 
Ah, now, alignment is another thing I'd just like to mention here. This is so key for reducing vocal fatigue and really adding to good vocal health long term all round. Shock horror. I've got a whole episode on it soon. (laughs) But just check in on your posture. So do you jut your chin forward when you're speaking? Do you sit into one hip when you're standing to present? Are your knees locked? Or are your shoulders hunched over the lectern when you're presenting? All these little sort of typical physical settings that we often have habitually really affect freedom of the body. They increase tension in the body and therefore they affect the breath and therefore the ease of your voicing. If you want to improve your alignment or see what good alignment looks like, babies and toddlers are beautiful examples. So maybe offer a baby sit for a pal for an hour or seven. You'll be doing yourself and your exhausted mum friend a huge favour. And if you want to just talk yourself through good alignment, just stand. You want your feet hip width apart, that's hip joint apart, not what your mama gave you, junk-wise in the oil bum. (laughs) Allow your knees to feel released, just slightly unlocked. Allow your bum to feel heavy. Allow your spine to feel long. Notice that I don't say straight because a straight spine is not what we're after. Allow that spine to feel long, allow the shoulders to feel released and allow the head to feel light like it's floating upwards towards the sky. It's also good to just think about that nose gently coming back towards the spine. So imagine someone has a little string on the inside of your nose and they're just gently tugging it back towards the top of the spine right in the middle of your skull. It may feel a little bit like you're double chinning yourself and going to that extreme is a useful experience as well as going to the extreme of like jutting it forward and just noticing what happens to the voice and then just see if you can find a position somewhere in between that allows you to, in Alexander terms, I think they say, think back into the back, (laughs) which is a lovely little term just to bring your awareness to behind you rather than forward. Because when we're recording into a microphone or we're speaking to a crowd, we do tend to give everything forward. So just a reminder to think back can be really good for alignment and actually really powerful for grounding as well. Essentially, if you can get someone to take a side on picture of you before you do this and then get them to take a picture afterwards. And what you sort of want to aim for, although everybody is different, is the earlobe being kind of over the middle of your shoulder from a side on view. Another nice interesting way of exploring that is standing with your back against a wall and just making the occipital bone, that sticky outy bit at the back of the skull, touch the wall. Now for some people you will go way into double chin land and it'll feel very uncomfortable. So if you take a book of about an inch and just put that behind your head, you might find somewhere that's slightly more in between. But it's a good way of feeling something that is maybe different to what you're used to habitually. And if you talk in that position, just explore how it feels. Disclaimer, may take a while to get used to these new positions because most of us have been in our gnarled, bendy, old, haggard poses for a very long time. Am I right? No, I'm sure you, the listener, are perfect at the moment. (laughs) So for optimum vocal health when speaking and to reduce any early onset vocal fatigue, make sure you do a wee warm up, allow time for vocal resets and cool downs and just check in with your alignment or your posture. Finally, I'd like to say a wee word about our old brains and stress and life affecting us. 
Voice is ultimately a holistic practice. It's body, mind and voice. And if there's stuff going on in your life, there's a fair chance it'll have an impact on your voice. And that's okay. We all go through stuff. So allow this to come into your consciousness a wee bit. Give yourself the space to take time out if you need it and you can. And remember that vocal health issues aren't just born out of lack of hydration or something you eat or bad technique. They can be and are anxiety and trauma related. So if you've been through something and your voice has changed, you're normal. (laughs) Trauma affects the body and the breath and therefore the voice. You've not failed, you've not messed up. It's your body's instinctive response to trying to heal and save you. Voice is not, as much as I think it is, a vital function for survival. And if your mind is in distress or recovery from trauma, your body does exactly what it's supposed to do and focuses on keeping you alive and all the processes that need action in that area. I've often had clients who come with voice loss issues or voice change And when you drill down and you start to get to know them and about what they've experienced or survived or been exposed to, you start to understand why their vocal function has been deprioritised. It's the tensions created in the body. It's the reactions of the breath. It's all sorts of things. But just know that it is normal and it can be worked on. And that essentially you should also add a little bit of self-care and mind work into your voice care routine. Okay, let's recap on how to have decent vocal health. And I'll include parts one and two of this particular instalment of how to have good vocal health. There's a lot more to come. (laughs) So here we go. Rest, exercise, fluids, eat well, fluids, warm up, cool down, fluids, vocal resets, fluids, mental awareness, fluids. Did I say drink some stuff? Um, I think you probably get the point there. (laughs) I know I'm making an old joke of it, but like fluids are key (laughs) to a lot of vocal health. So do reflect on that. And the last thing I want to say, and this is because I very much believe it to be true, awareness of your own system is key. This is related to hydration as well and all of the things I've mentioned. We all need different things. So it has to start with you. An honest reflection on what you're doing to yourself and how you're living will more often than not give you all the, painful as it might be at the time, insight you need on how to improve your own vocal health. It starts with you raising your awareness and possibly admitting some habitual failings. (laughs) My reflux mentioned in part one of this vocal health interlude was one of those moments for me. I had to really look at my diet. I was being more naughty than I should have been (laughs) and I had to change some things. As with all voice training, you need to commit. You need to do the work. There aren't any shortcuts. More's the pity. (laughs) So get a wee book. Start reflecting on your vocal health routines, your day-to-day routines, your self-care, and see how you can make things more consistent, more reliable, and more physically, mentally, and vocally healthy for yourself. I've put a few links in the show notes to various books and resources that inform my understanding of vocal health, so do take a look if you're interested. I've also included a link uh, to where I trained as a vocal health first aider in case that's of interest to any other voice nuts out there. 
Right, I'm off to eat an entire melon. (laughs) Back soon with some more voice insights. Oh, please remember, if you're enjoying this, to subscribe, review, share, rate, and all those other amazing things you can do to podcasts that you like, just so that we can spread the word about vocal health and everything else that's coming in terms of looking after your spoken voice, because we've all got one and we all need to know. Thanks for listening to the Voice Coach Podcast. For even more support with your speaking voice, head on over to our free community, The Voice and Accent Hub on Facebook. See you in there.